Inside Westminster, chapter 250, Dead Kitten. Oh, Lordy, the PM was thinking. She's going to be demanding a push present. Ptolemy Trudge Jones was not only deep in debt, almost beyond saving, but he now had the thing he needed like a hole in the head, a new baby with a tyrannically spendthrift mother. How he'd wished he'd had another boy, or even better, no second slash seventh child at all, as wifey would be buying new everything in girly pink. The sums would be extraordinary, as even a buggy could cost upwards of a cool thousand pounds, he'd heard. In my day, Potty Day dreamed, it was second-hand everything, and all four of us turned out okay. However, the one and only good thing about the whole birth fandango had been that it had provided a merry few moments of distraction in an otherwise fraught week inside Westminster. Everyone seemed now to be out to get him, and some MPs on his own side had actually written letters to the 1922 committee. With Gavin Sanderson's seat up for grabs next week, and with polls showing that the Tories would be taking a pounding, Potty knew he'd have to redouble his efforts to look as though he had authority and actually was in control. But now he had serious problems trying to remember how many lies he'd actually told. There was a one to Lord G, the sorry old fool who'd conducted the initial investigation into the Downing Street redecoration. There was one straight to camera about there having not been a party in Downing Street on the 18th. There was the one about the Sanderson affair. Cripes, he thought. I'd better start getting a grip, steady the tiller, or whatever it is I'm supposed to do, to make this all go away. Added to all his woes, Potty realised that he now had seven offspring draining his meagre resources and two exes on top of the worst one of all, Mandy. He wondered how he'd managed to breed a pack of needy, useless money-grabbers and it occurred to him that, for all the scores of thousands that had been spent on their education, private schools, universities, etc., not one of them had a meaningful profession, let alone a full-time job. Was it that they felt entitled to sponge from him or was it revenge for what he'd done to them and their mother? That added to the fact that poor old Sophia had suffered so badly with her health since he'd stomped out. Potty had been on the phone to Hamid Jamid Health Secretary and Nifty Kadvar, Home Secretary, to order them to create a few distractions to enable him to ride the current storm. In the melee of events and pregnancy whinges from Mandy, he'd completely forgotten that he actually had given permission for several functions to be held under his roof. And one had got out of hand with a police investigation into the ruckus emanating from the hallowed corridors of power. That they'd managed to cover up, but now chickens were coming home to roost and he was on the verge of dropping all the many balls he'd been juggling. And he was feeling... And he was also feeling bone-tired, like nothing he'd ever experienced before. Then the results from North Shropshire, a seat the Tories had held for 200 years, tumbled in, and the size of the massive defeat was shameful and made Potty actually feel sick to his core. His breezy attempts to brush off such a catastrophic rebuttal by the good country folk of that fair county to Mandy as they woke up to the news only worked as she had the rather pressing matter of a baby to push out that very day. 
How could life contrive to buffer so many monumental events, one on top of the other, so that Potty was almost feeling out of control? What with the sight and sound of the blubbing tears of Constance Albright, one-time rising star in Potty's close-knit team, and more importantly, loyal supporter of Mandy's putsch against Benedict Morgan, in that dreadful TV confessional interview, and now this thumping defeat, Potty felt he couldn't sink any lower. He'd never suffered fools gladly, though arguably he was the biggest fool in the sense of court jester of them all. Neither had he suffered from depression, but for the first time in his 55 years on earth, he actually felt worn down to the point of reaching rock bottom. His head was actually spinning at the thought of answering to the high and mighty rulers of the party, some of whom had, for years, been giving him the benefit of the doubt, along with wadges of cash, to bail him out of yet another self-induced Juiced fix. That day, the day of his second slash seventh child was due to enter the world, would also be branded on his memory as the day 100 of his government's backbenchers gave a resounding two fingers to the latest restrictions brought in to try and curb the, the latest tsunami of Covid infections of the Omicron variety. And then the most sickening blow of all, Lord Snow, Brexit negotiator-in-chief, resigned so much without so much as a buy your leave or heads up, let alone an apology, citing his discomfiture at the direction of travel of the government. And so all joy at the safe arrival of a healthy daughter had vanished in an instant. How might it go on? Potty actually wailed down the phone to Woolleyby Knight Johnston. Everyone's abandoning ship and we're sinking under the tidal wave of accusations about this wretched idea that it's one rule for us and another for the plebs. Well, old chum, KJ started, but pressing matters from his kitchen where one of the many dogs of the household had managed to snaffle the leftover Sunday roast forced KJ to apologise profusely and politely abandon his longest standing friend. After all, his neck was on the line too, and sensibly he always put family, and therefore himself, first. As KJ's phone clicked off, Potty felt lost and completely alone. Who could he turn to now? Who had his back? Where would the next arrow ping from, and who would have drawn the bowstring? Never one to have amassed posses of friends of any kind, let alone of the loyal variety, Potty knew he alone would be fending off the backstabbers who were massing to finish him off. The drubbing inflicted in the North Shropshire by-election had been the last straw, a bellwether for those results ahead in the May local elections which the party were openly discussing as a watershed moment when Red Wallers would literally tell the PM and his members to fuck the hell off. His reign as world king seemed to be drawing to a close and Potty actually felt relief. His brief reign, when he really had bestrode the world, changing the political life of this great nation forever with Brexit and leading the fight against the worst health crisis the world had experienced for a century, was drawing, puttering and stalling like a worn-out Morris Minor to its end. Mm-hmm.